it's your girl Stacy Williams with Listen, Talk to Me. Well, today we are going to talk about a topic that's very near and dear to my heart. Worship. On this episode, it is going to be geared to an annual event that we have at our church, uh, which is a praise and worship conference. And due to the pandemic, a lot of our members are unable to attend in person. So as I prayed about how can we include those that are uh, remote, um, the Lord laid it on my heart that I should basically uh, record it as an episode and share the link uh, with the members so that they're able to hear um, what we shared at the conference versus type it up in an email because sometimes our inboxes can just become so congested with um, spam marketing, important things as well, follow-ups. And I just did not want this important topic to get uh, put to the wayside or um, potentially not even being found in some of our cases. So I pray that this uh, episode touches your heart and allows you to really think about your approach when it comes to worship. That was the topic. What is our approach to and of worship? And it was based on scripture, John chapter four, verses 19 to 24. And I think it would be uh, fitting if we read that together, um, because again, if I want you to just listen, you may not uh, be able to turn to your uh, Bible and pull up the scripture. Um, I want you to be able to continue to do what you're doing, but still have a, a ear and a heart to hear what it is that God is saying in his word when it comes to worship. So again, the book is John. The chapter is four in the verses that we are going to read 19 to 24. And I'm going to read the amplified version as um, sometimes it it just kind of breaks down the context of the verse within it as you're reading it. Uh, So KJV rules, but uh, sometimes I do uh, read AMP amplified. Um, In this case, that's exactly what I'm going to do. So listen up. Verse 19 reads, the woman said to him, sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews say that the place where one ought to worship is in Jerusalem at the temple. Jesus replied, Woman, believe me, a time is coming when God's kingdom comes, when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans do not know what you worship. We Jews do know what we worship. For salvation is from the Jews. But a time is coming and is already here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit from the heart, the inner self, and in truth. For the Father seeks such people to be his worshipers. Verse 24, God is spirit, the source of life, yet invisible to mankind. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. That is the reading of John chapter 4 verses 19 through 24. So when the Lord gave me the word approach, I I had to ask the Lord why that word? It could have been any 
title along with worship, but the, the word approach was on my heart. And so I looked it up in the KJV dictionary and it says um, that the word approach is not contained in the Latin root, but the word in the positive degree is not found in the Latin. It is from the root in class BRG, signifying to drive, move, or press toward, to come or go near, in place, to draw near, to advance nearer, uh, based on 2 Samuel 11. It also means to draw near in time, in that context can be found in Hebrews chapter 10. It also means to draw near in a figurative sense, to advance near to a point aimed at in science, literature, government, morals, and to approximate. All of these defined um or basically the definition for the word approach. To me, what I kept seeing was it's an action word. And I love that because even our faith is an action word. So why, would our, why wouldn't our worship be just the same? Um, it, it allowed my heart to really ask myself, how am I approaching worship? Because let's just make it clear at this point, Worship is not just what you see on Sunday with your praise team. It's not just what you do prayerfully on Sunday. Worship is your life living unto God, Romans 12, 1 and 2. So worship is not just a set time and place, but worship is our life living unto God. Why? Because he's worthy. He's the one that created us. He's the one that allowed that void to be there because before we came to Christ, let's just be honest, we were worshiping ourselves. We were worshiping the flesh, meaning it could have been your job. It could be your children, your spouse. It could be money. It could be just purpose in itself. Running after things that really don't mean anything when it's not found in the one who fashioned and created you and the one who alone is worthy to be praised and worshiped. So coming to Christ, you get that understanding in the new nature. Why? Because again, he's spirit and his spirit now resides in you to understand how you worship is the only acceptable way is in spirit and in truth. God is true. And it has to be done in a sincere, genuine way. So sometimes when we go to church, as we are not to be uh, judges of other people's worship and praise, But there are times that um, our hearts are worn on our sleeve, on our face. And that can be a telltale sign of what's going on within our hearts. Um, I remember before coming to Christ uh, there, it could have been something as simple as a uh, disagreement within my home. And yet here I am going to the house of worship and it would sway how Um, that worship was expressed. It would sway how my heart posture was before God. And, And you have to purpose in your heart, in your mind that I am going to worship. You have to make that declaration. You have to make that decision to say God is worthy no matter how I feel or what's going on. And there are times even because, again, our life living is worship. And I don't want to just give an example 
of when I was in the sanctuary because God doesn't just reside in in, in buildings and walls made by man. Um, but just again, our life living, how many times have I gotten up with a purpose to say, I want to start the day with praying and giving God first priority. And it could be as simple as waking up too late, as simple as the kids needing my attention. And all of a sudden, um, eight o'clock comes in the, in the evening. And I'm like, oh my goodness, where did the day go? I did not spend time with the Lord, even though I purpose to do it, but it has to be a decision within that purpose to say, I will. From the time my eyes open, I am thanking God for a brand new day because someone did not see it. And in that Thanksgiving, I am worshiping God. I want to open up his word and I want to read what it is and hear his voice so that I am allowing the Holy Spirit to lead me throughout the whole day. And I don't want to just habitually just read uh, a verse of the day and say, check, done. And yet seriously and literally I've checked out because all it was was just punching in on the clock and then punching out. I did what I'm supposed to do. I did what a Christian should do. No, it should be genuine in your heart to long to hear God's voice, to long to hear an understanding of how I can live a life that pleases him because he saved it. He saved my life. And my life is now belonging to him. It's no longer a slave to sin. I'm a child of God. And and I want that to be seen in all I say and in all I think and do. So even when I'm uh, resting at night, because, you know, it's not just a, 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 you know, when I wake up, I want to honor God. In honoring God, as you are going throughout the day, Romans chapter four tells us what we're to think on. Read it. Read, uh, not, I'm sorry, I said Romans, Philippians chapter four. Read Philippians chapter four. It tells you what you're to think on. And as you work that, meaning as you're reading God's word and you're, uh, you're pondering his truths and your mind is stayed on him all throughout the day, when you sleep, it carries over in that, that, that state as well. Uh, there's many times where um, I have fallen asleep and the TV's on, or maybe I've watched an action movie before I've gone to bed, and my mind has just been racing. You know, it's been as dramatic as uh, if I watched an action movie and someone got shot. Those same sounds are in my dreams, and I'm getting shot, and I feel that pain as what I would think. It, you know, I've never been shot before, but whatever my mind has um, put together to make me feel what uh, we think that would, you know, feel like, that is in my dream. And I, it's very important that we watch our gates because then you're not truly resting. You know, you're fighting in your sleep, you're restless. Um, you know, it's traumatic when uh, those minds who are staying on Christ Jesus are in perfect peace. You can have that even in your sleep. That's how powerful and good our God is. And he gives rest to those he loves. He loves us. He wants us to rest. So just be mindful again, what you're listening to, what you're looking at, that also is a, a, a form of worship. 
You want to guard your gates. You want to render a right worship unto God that is due unto him. So going back to John chapter four and how, again, we're not to judge other people's worship. And yes, sometimes it's a telltale sign on our face, our countenance of our heart and and where it's at. But ultimately, our hearts need to be found in Christ and he deserves our best no matter what's going on. Just give your best to God in your worship, your life living. And this Samaritan woman, when she was at the well, it it, it needs to be pointed out that, um, you know, she addressed God in regards to um, social prejudice and justices, the hatred that was going on. Um, against her as a Samaritan, as we know that they, that's a mixed breed between the Jew and the Samaritan. And they were hated. Hated um, because of their birth, hated because of their religion, because they brought their own uh, little G God uh, into what was pure, a pure breed. And, you know, those that were um, very uh, serious about that, they hated the Samaritan. Uh, for many reasons, and maybe you are listening to this podcast and you can, uh, you know, somehow sympathize and empathize with the Samaritan woman because you too know what it feels like to be hated on by your own people or just hated on because of um, who you are, what you look like, in, in, in whom you believe. Um, but through it all, I, I love that when you read the whole um chapter of John 4 to get the full context, uh, Jesus goes directly to the heart of the issue. He doesn't spend time on the social injustices and the uh, prejudice. He goes right to the issue, which was um, sin in her life. And, And so it should be noted that Jesus approached the woman first because in verse 7 of chapter 4, he asked for something to drink. And it made me think about even how God demonstrated his own love for us while we were yet still sinners. He died for us. And and how in John 3, 16, he tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Action, action, demonstration. And yet we're to have that same approach when it comes to worship. We're to draw near. There should be a drive. There should be a move. There should be a press toward. A pressing into his presence because he's worthy. And Jesus' approach was to address again the trouble, the sin in her life of worship of the Messiah and of laboring for God. One by one, he addressed these topics. And the Samaritan woman knew where to go to get water for her physical needs. She knew where to go to get lust for her physical need. She knew how to use her physical skills to get what she physically needed. But how miserably do we fail in quenching the spiritual need? We have to be born again to understand the depravity we were once in in that old nature because it was in control. And just as one longs for a drink to quench one's thirst, so shall we thirst for the living water. Read more about the living water in Jeremiah 2, 13, and John 7, 
verses three through seven. But as we go on, you know, Jesus is changing the whole trajectory of worship in itself. I mean, it's no longer about the building. It's no longer about the location, but it's about his presence, which would be sealed after his um, death at Calvary and burial. And then the sending of the Holy Spirit. He the, He's now dwelling within us. His presence is now with us. And so it's no longer going to be about that location. It's going to be about your heart. And so only God, Christ alone, can quench your thirst. The world will never satisfy. And this woman was in trouble. And maybe no longer you're in trouble in this way because you've come to Christ. And you know him and you're serving him. But I have to ask you, you may know of others who need to be helped in the same way that this Samaritan woman was. Jesus came to her rescue. And so we now have been commissioned to share the gospel with others because we do not know. We err because we do not know truth. And so how will they know unless one is sent to speak and preach the gospel? So I encourage you to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to share with you in your unique way, meaning there's only one of you. There's not another one of you in this world. There's only one of you. So there is a beautiful, unique way in how you share that gospel. Yes, you can learn um, how to share through evangelism, through, um, you know, however the church that you go through is sharing with you. But still in that sharing, only you can do and share it the way that you share it, just like your testimony. No one else can do that the way that you do it. And so play your position, play your part, because we've all been commissioned to do this. There's not one exempt. If you are in the body of Christ, yes, you have been called to share the gospel. So where some members even now during this pandemic might be in a spot where they long to be in the sanctuary because maybe they're not feeling his presence in their home or, you know, in their life at this time. I need to remind you right now that that is a lie from the pit of hell because God is omnipresent. And so the question is, where are you? Where's your heart? Because he's always there. His word tells us that he will never leave us nor forsake us. So the question is, where are you? Don't allow the fact that we are remote or maybe your church is allowing you back into the sanctuary at this time. But I pray that during that time where many churches had to close and go remote, or maybe they didn't even have the access to do that, that you understood that that was no excuse to not pick up your word and spend time with the Lord. There was no excuse to not pray, no excuse to not connect with the brethren in the sisterhood, as that is tied into that word brethren as well. But I'm just trying to break it down in a manner that you're without excuse. Because you could have picked up a phone and had devotion over the phone safely. You could have used Zoom, as many of the corporations were and still are, to hold uh, Bible study, to hold church, to hold prayer sessions. Because I know at my church, we have corporate prayer. We have corporate Bible study. So, 
You know, it doesn't excuse the fact that there should be personal Bible study and a personal time of prayer. But you are not to forsake the assembly. Connect, connect, connect however you can. And even if it's not being done, use your voice to suggest, to say, hey, we could do it this way. And again, um, however the Lord is leading the pastor, um, you know, and if he says no, then again, amen. But that does not excuse what the Lord is sharing and laying on your heart to do, if that's what you're being led to do. So getting back, <laughs> sometimes I can veer off, but, you know, we can get caught up in the location, but the place is not important. And the way we approach God has changed. He is living within us and we are without excuse. We can worship. We can give him praise in our car, in our homes, our bathrooms, uh, even ironing at the ironing board, wherever he's still worthy to receive it. So how are we doing? What is your approach to worship? John chapter 4, 23 tells us we're to worship God in spirit, meaning God is spirit. You're to worship him in spirit with a spiritual drive and an ability of one soul seeking the most intimate communion and fellowship with God, with special or spiritual core of one's life and being, trusting and resting in God's acceptance, love and care. To approach God in the right or true way, there is only one way through his son, Jesus Christ. To worship God sincerely and truthfully, not coming half-heartedly with wandering mind and sleepy eyes. That's worshiping in spirit. Three things to keep in mind. Don't do it half-heartedly. Don't do it with a wandering mind. And do not do it with sleepy eyes. Worship him in truth. He's worthy. It has to be sincere and genuine. What is the reason to worship? The father seeks it. He's looking for those who are going to worship him in spirit and in truth. If there, if there was one set of eyes that I know I needed in my life, it would definitely be the eyes of the Lord. He's seeking it. He created us to worship him. Dig, dig more into that. You know, the father seeks it. John chapter 4, 23. He created us to worship. Read Isaiah 43, 7 through 10 in 1 Corinthians 6, 20, I believe. I'm reading my notes correctly. Read the whole chapter if you have to. But we must worship in the new nature. Spirit, not flesh, spirit with the sincerity of truth. I can't express how, how worthy our God is. It puts everything into perspective. The location no longer matters because he's worthy. Sin no longer has a place in our lives. He's worthy that we will yield our members, ourselves, to the Holy Spirit because we are now slaves to him and not to sin. Labor is no longer unto man. We understand he's worthy that we now work unto him. Give God your best. What is your approach? May we do what 1 Chronicles 16, 29 says. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. 
Psalms 29 2. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. What is your approach to worship? If it's anything other than spirit and the truth, repent. If your approach to worship is to be seen, repent. God should be seen in all that we say, think, and do. Repent. I pray that God renews the right spirit within you. I pray that the consuming fire lights a blaze within your heart. That you understand that you are not meant to worship idols. But you are meant to worship him and him alone. He loves you with an everlasting love. I pray that through our obedience, we can show God how much we love him as well. He deserves it. He deserves it all. So the next time, I won't even say next time, from the point of hearing this, understand right now you're worshiping. Anything you do, you're worshiping. Have a heart to understand that you don't want to worship the enemy, but you want to worship God in all that you say, think, and do. There is no on the fence. Because when you look at a literal fence, even the top has the, 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 the ends that are twisted up. How uncomfortable, excuse me, how uncomfortable would that be to sit on the top of a fence? It's not meant to be sit upon or sat upon. Either you're on one side or the other. And that's how it is with God. Either you are worshiping him, him or you are not. It's that simple. There's no gray. We're going to stop lying to ourselves and we're going to start receiving the truth of God. We're going to read and have a thirst to understand how am I to live this daily life of faith and how can I please him? Because this is serious and this is real. God gave his only begotten son. How serious? How more serious can you get? And yet we walk on, up, upon uh, this earth as if, oh, you know, you're too serious. You, you 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 too, you know, radical. What in the world? Help us, Lord, to understand you're holy. We've been created to be holy. You're faithful. We too are called to be faithful. You are truth. Your truth resides in us, dwells in us. Then we should be living a life of truth. If we say we belong to God, Let's live a life that declares that and use words when necessary. What is your approach to worship? Love you all.